Gethard sets up deep in the pocket. Goes down the field for Smith. Fifty-six yarder. It's got no. Does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh my God! Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Don't miss a thing from the world of college football. Stay right here for College Gridiron on WFUV Sports. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the final College Gridiron episode of the season. It's a little sad. We're a little sad here. But, you know, I'm joined by Tyler Hu, my longtime co-host. No Sam Davis or Ryan Gregware today, but looks like it's going to be a good episode. It's the final one. We got the recap of the national championship. A couple fun segments that we're going to do today that we haven't done all year. But, Tyler, before we get into, into everything, how are you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm a little bit bitter. Obviously, the end of college football season. Um, it's tough. It was a great season. But um, in terms of everything, I feel like Russell Wilson right now, as I said to you pre-show, starting off the show, when I got onto the show first, red hot, couldn't miss a pick, was making upset picks left, right, and center. And then now, down the stretch, I've just gone ice cold. Man, it's just like, it's like a shooter that can't find his touch. But you know what? I'm feeling great. Break's almost over. Got NFL playoffs coming up, and we got the end of college football season. We get to talk about a lot of stuff. I get to be wrong about more stuff, but you know what? We roll. I'm excited to be here. It's going to be a great show as always, but yeah, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, the beautiful thing about football is even when the season ends, there's still so much stuff to talk about. I mean, especially with everything going on in Transfer Portal right now, the coaching carousel isn't completely done yet. We're going to see some more hires going on. We're going to see a lot of big names still transferring. I mean, Caleb Williams, who was up in the air right now. Yeah, up in the air where he's going to go. He had had a guy come and take a spot at Oklahoma. Who knows if he's coming back? But uh, there's a lot to go, or there's a lot of stuff to talk about. NFL draft, you know, that's going to be a fun time with all the players that are coming out this year. A lot of big names that we're going to see moving from college, hopping over to the pros. But before we talk about some future stuff, Let's talk about the game that happened last Monday night. Uh, the game that I predicted almost, almost spot on score. I was pretty close. You and uh, you and Sam were pretty, uh, pretty adamant. I, I believe Sam said, "How brave of you for picking Georgia and uh, putting your putting your name out there." Uh, but you know, it was an amazing game. Go dogs! Dogs win the Natty. Nick Saban and the Dynasty. Uh, loses and loses a national championship. I mean, there's not many times you're going to be able to say that in your lifetime at this point with uh, Nick Saban coaching. But how did you feel about the game? I know you were high on Alabama. You said, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And it looks like you got fooled twice by Alabama. So shame on you, Tyler. Fool me three times, put the blame on you. I went ice <laughs> cold right there. Um, I said roll tide in the pre-show, in the show, and uh, the tide stopped rolling. Um, I was so wrong. It's not even funny, but you know what? You know, I broke. I mean, I'm wrong sometimes. I'm wrong a lot of times. It happens. You know, it's it's college football. We make predictions. Sometimes they go right. Sometimes they go wrong. Recently, I've been wrong a lot more than right. But um, Georgia, <laughs> Georgia, really surprised me in so many ways. Um, first of all, couldn't st- they ran the ball down Alabama's throat in the second half. Samir White looked like he was unstoppable. He looked really good. Um, Mr. Bennett, Stetson Bennett. I've doubted him all season. I clowned on him a lot. Um, yeah, he uh, he had a couple of miscues, but then he really stepped up down the stretch and um, proved me wrong, made me look like an idiot. But you know what? Stetson Bennett, congratulations. Congratulations. You know, we we had talked about it on the on the previous show, and we said – for Georgia to win this national championship, they need to have Stenson Bennett play competent. They don't need him to play great. Right. And I don't think he played great. He played good enough to win. And that's exactly right. what Georgia needed. You know, that, that fumble that gave Alabama he had the two ball, fumbles. Yeah. He had two fumbles. He, the one that he, the one lost. that he lost deep mm-hmm. in Alabama territory. That was not great. That wasn't great. And at that point I was going, uh Oh, I think Alabama just won this game. However, the next he drive, went, I think it went like four for four for like 60, like 60 yards and a touchdown and a touchdown drive. and an amazing touchdown pass on top yeah. of that, dropping it Beautiful. in the bucket right to his receiver. 
And that really started to separate Georgia from Alabama. And then the picks icing pick six uh, from Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young, honestly, and, and this sounds very weird to say, this was probably his worst game as a college passer. It was. Uh, 369 it yeah. yards, a touchdown, but two interceptions. I mean, you take away the right. two interceptions, that's a decent game for Bryce Young. I, it's nothing you're going to write home to mom about, but it's, it's a good game, and that should be a game that you win the national championship with, but you have the two interceptions. Right. Without a, without a uh, the two picks, it seems like a Jared Goff game, just a ton of yards and just one touchdown. But, you know, there were picks involved, so it was a Jared Goff and Detroit game. Um, <laughs> it was uh, – Bryce Young got put in a very tough position, obviously playing that Georgia D-line. Um, pretty much his offensive line did not hold up besides Evan Neal. Like, and even then, like, that offensive line did not look great pass blocking. As I said in the pre-show. Their strength is run blocking. They're a very good run blocking unit. They're not so good of a pass blocking unit. And they got absolutely dominated in the trenches uh, by Georgia. Uh, Jordan Davis um, and all, all of the Georgia big men, the Georgia, Quay Walker, I could Devontae Wyatt, I could go on. And the Kobe Dean, obviously, is a playmaker. But when you lose your top two receivers, yeah, it's kind of tough. You lose John Mechie in the in the um, SEC championship to a torn ACL, and then you lose Jamison Williams in the national championship to a torn ACL. Same fate, same opponent, pretty similar spot, and it's just really unfortunate because it made Bryce Young look a lot worse than he actually was because I still think Bryce Young played pretty well given the circumstances. He got pretty screwed by, like, all the injuries. But, you know, neither here nor there. He's not the national champion. Georgia is so we got to give Georgia the most the brunt of the credit. I got I got to admit to myself that I was so wrong. Uh, I was not that high on Georgia all year. I just didn't believe it in Stetson Bennett. And man, he played he played his game. He did his thing. Just game managed. And man, that defense really showed up to play. Yeah, and one of the keys to the game that I had talked about that I was very adamant about was that for Georgia to win this, they needed their defense to put pressure on Bryce Young. They needed to control the inside. And in the game, you know, they get to Bryce Young four times, get two sacks, make him hurry a couple throws, get two interceptions, and nine tackles for loss. Right. So I think Georgia did exactly what everyone thought they needed to do in order to win this game. So I give Georgia a lot of credit. Kirby Smart becomes the second assistant coach to beat Saban. He is now 25-2 and against former assistants. Wow, that's, but, that's insane. I mean, but the the good news, if if you're going, that stat is insane. Those two losses came this year. Jimbo Fisher and Nick, Jimbo and, uh, Fisher Kirby and Kirby Smart are the only two assistant coaches to beat Nick, former assistant coaches to beat Nick Saban, and they uh, both happened not, this year. Let's not. Uh, I don't think we're gonna get get to the point should we quit to the point is saving washed no i'm kidding we're not gonna do that today <laughs> he's, uh, he's insane i just don't understand 25 and 2 against former assistants that's that's the goat right there yeah i mean i think it's very very clear that we've talked about it all year we've agreed on it right. saving at this point is the best coll- collegiate football coach of all time and you know 25 and 2 against people that you used to coach for it, it's right. almost like belichick in in the nfl where right you, belichick just dominates his former assistants they're, with and they're like brian flores yeah course. but brian flores is gone now i mean yeah, well, that he that's needs, all he needs a, he needs a job asap that's one thing that's um, a different that's a different but that's story, a different but... conversation but yeah no um if you look at the game there are a lot of standout performances on the defensive end you look at georgia channing tindall the linebacker had one and a half set, uh, one sack and a tackle for uh, one and a half tackles for loss and eight tackles. He made, but he, I think he was one of the standout players that really didn't get enough love. Uh, obviously, on the Alabama end, their defense played really well for the most part until, I mean, they gave up twenty six points. But you know, that's just it's a matter of your offense is getting killed, your defense is on the field the whole time. But if you look at it real quick, like. Christian Harris, three sacks. He played unbelievable. He had an unbelievable game. When you get and, three sacks. And when and you're getting like, yeah, sorry, on, go ahead. On top of the three sacks, four TFLs. Right, I he mean, was phenomenal. That was, that was just an amazing game. If you want to boost your draft stock, that's exactly what you need to do. In right. The and then when, Will, like, as I have been raving about all year, Will Anderson Jr. getting like, what do you call it? He, he got like a lot of attention, double teamed. He didn't really do much, but he was like kind of a decoy kind of guy. A guy who's yeah, going to yeah. explode. Right. He ate up some blocks, and that's exactly. if you got 
if you got one guy, I mean, you can expect that. Uh, right. I, what was hard for Alabama on the Georgia side is they have seven guys. That right, entire exactly. front seven deserves Just two blocks. Eating. So. They're all eating. But um, you know who's going to get a, um, who I'm going to be raving about next year? Who, you know, I raved about Will Anderson the same way this year. The guy who's going to fly onto the radar, Dallas Turner, Alabama outside linebacker. He's a freshman. Oh. I think he had, he had two sacks in the natty. And I believe, okay, he ended the season with eight and a half sacks. As a freshman, that's unbelievable. So keep him under radar. He played a phenomenal game, and he should be proud of himself. So, yeah, I like like that take as well. And uh, my guy going into next year plays for the Georgia offense. I've talked about him a little bit, but that's tight end Brock Bowers. Uh, He he is an animal. He didn't have, like, some eye-popping numbers. He was was four for 36 – four catches for 36 yards, but I had a touchdown in there. Right. I mean, the, the kid is an animal. He's younger than, than you and me. And right. he's which, lighting, which is, ex- which is extremely depressing to hear, by the way, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you're telling me, man. Um, <laughs> but no, I think him and Michael Mayer, uh, the Notre Dame tight end are going to be the two guys next year that everyone's going to be looking at. I think uh, Mayer has the potential to be a top. I, I, I'm going to go on limb and say a top 10 tight end next year, top 10 pick in the oh, NFL draft. Okay. Wow. Uh, I, think exactly I think he's that special. And I think Brock Bauer is maybe even better than Mayer. Um, take that word from a Notre Dame fan. Okay. No bias at all. No bias at all. But Michael Mayer is a stud. I said, we're not going to get into draft stuff because that's too early, obviously. But he, he, I think Michael Mayer will be the best tight end in the nation next year. And then Brock Bauer is the year after type of thing. Or they'll be both disgusting. I think they're both neck and neck, but Brock Bowers is my guy going into next year that I'm going to be paying a lot of attention to. Um, But, you know, moving on from like this talk, we had a lot of fun, fun games this year. And, you know, the national championship was a very fun game, especially for me, considering I, I caught it correctly. I was the only one of the, the four regular hosts that was in on Georgia you, Sam, and Ryan Gregoire were all very in on Alabama. I'll, I'll give Ryan some love. Ryan was not on air saying that, so there's no definitive proof. But uh, you know, I got a, some. I got some text, text messages. Via, via text, I got some via text, text messages that'll the, prove the it. The gridiron people don't have to know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there were some games this year that were absolutely unbelievable, and I want to give yours and my top five games of the year. I think we both have a pretty consensus number one pick, and I think most yep. people around America probably have a pretty consensus number one pick. The granddaddy so, of them all. The greatest. The game down in Pasadena, California, my home state, the Rose Bowl this year. Ohio State over Utah, 48-45, and just what an unbelievable game. I mean, records were set, fireworks flying everywhere, and, man, that I mean, it was just – I expected a good game. I expected Utah to keep in it because, you know, we've seen Utah this year. They dominated Oregon twice and a team that was high ranked in Oregon. And they, oh my God, they played unbelievable. Uh, Cam Rising played a phenomenal game before he got hurt. And then the walk-on, Bryson Barnes threw a touchdown. And they, it was just a very fun game, but we can't talk about this game without talking about CJ Stroud, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Yeah, I think your your two guys, your your two love childs, uh, JSN <laughs> JSN goes goes off 347 yards, three touchdowns, and it should have been four touchdowns if not for right. If he didn't fumble on the uh, goal line, but you know, I mean, C- there, yeah, and then CJ Stroud 573 passing yards, six touchdowns, and, and an interception. Interception, but, but, but you can look over the interception because they won any troop for, right. for close to 600 yards. Yeah, but um, it's insane to see what that like what that Ohio State offense was able to do. I'm still concerned about the defense. I wasn't in the midseason, but now at the end of the year, going to next year, I'm very concerned. But um. What do you call it? That offense is actually disgusting. And they're returning a bunch of guys. I know they're losing Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. They're going to replace him with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Julian Fleming. Marvin Harrison Jr., six catches, 71 uh, yards, and three touchdowns in his first bowl game. Um, He's going into it. He had, had what, three catches going into the game? Like, yeah, three catches. And then he pops off in the bowl game, which 
you know, if it's expected if you know who his dad is, he's pretty yeah, good I mean, at football. He's got, he's got some good genes. I'll he's got some good genetics. That. Yeah, he's pretty good at football, I'd say. Just just a decent receiver. But um, like that Ohio State receiving core is a machine. Brian Hartline is probably the best position coach in the whole of college football, coaching that wide receiver core. How many great receivers coming out of that team every year, year in, year out? For, for Christ's sake, the fourth receiver was Alabama's best receiver, Jameson Williams. Exactly. He, couldn't even, he couldn't get starting reps for Ohio State. That's how good that Ohio State receiving core is. So the fact that they replace Olave and Wilson, they're going to be fine. They're going to not miss a single beat. And that's not a discount on Olave and Wilson. They're both studs, both first-round picks. Both can be very good receivers in the NFL. But they're going to be nasty next year jackson smith and jigba is gonna that i think he's gonna gotta be the early favorite for the blitnikoff award i know jordan addison won it this past year he's also sophomore to come back to school for pittsburgh however jsn's got to be the early odds on favorite he well, was unbelievable to to reiterate your point yes uh addison won it however jsn is returning as quarterback addison is not kenny pickett's right. going to the nfl uh Jackson Smith and Jigba is is bringing back with is Hold running on. back with CJ. Hold Stroud. on, but I mean it's not like Jordan Addison's gonna have any slouch at quarterback. I'm pretty sure he's got Keaton Slovis transferring from uh, USC to Pitt. Yeah, but I mean, would you rather have CJ Stroud or oh yeah, Keaton Slovis? Of course, of course. Um, you you got a guy that you already Stroud. have. You already got. You have a guy that you got a a year under your belt with. You're pretty right. com- comfortable with each other, and then on top of that, you got you got other guys that we had just talked about with Harrison and um, Julian, Fleming's gonna, Fleming. Julian Fleming. Fleming's going to ex- have a big year next year. Uh, didn't really, but I mean, you got, year, but you got other he, guys that can take yeah, a little pressure and, off you. And Mecca, Egbuga, you got Egbuga. I'm pretty, I'm not sure if Jeremy Ruckert's returning. Uh, let me check. I think Ruckert is, I oh, know he's a senior. He's not returning long Island's finest by the way. Uh, but um, Fleming is a stud as well. Five-star recruit. One of the highest recruits in that class when he came in. So, you know, the, the class of Ohio State receivers continues. You know, you're going to see the next studs, the next realm of studs, and, you know, just they're not going to miss a single beat. Yeah. Well, let's move on. I think that was that was pretty clearly both our number ones. What By game far. do you got at number two? What was your second favorite game of the year? All right, so I didn't really order this, but um, if I want to look through my five right now, I'm going to pick my number two is the Fiesta Bowl, uh, Danny's favorite game of the year. Um when Oklahoma State beat Notre Dame 37-35. Um, I was wrong on this game. Danny was more wrong, but I was a little wrong. I picked Notre Dame because I followed Danny's lead, and I should have rode my rode with my guts. And, you know, I've been high in Oklahoma State all year, and, you know, I should have picked them. But, you know, it doesn't matter. That was a phenomenal game. It's not um, fireworks. A lot of – as I, I like to say fireworks. Fireworks, yes, more fireworks. Offense, a lot of offense. Spencer Sanders, 371 passing yards, four touchdowns, and uh, zero interceptions. That's just his passing. Ran for 125 yards, too. That's like almost that's almost 500 all-purpose yards right there. That's 496 all-purpose yards from your quarterback at Oklahoma State. But on the other side, Mr. Jack Cohn. Uh, insane performance, minus the interception. He threw for 509 yards, five touchdowns, and one interception. And... He was phenomenal. I mean, it was just a game where nobody could stop each other, uh, especially Notre Dame could not stop Oklahoma State in the second half. Uh, in the second up, half is a big yeah. emphasis. It was a, it was a big emphasis. Because in the they're first up, half, the Notre Dame 20, was killing. Were they up 28-7 at one point, I believe? 28-7 at one point. My, I, and we'll, we'll talk about this in the next segment, but I said they were going to win by three scores, and at one point they were up by three scores. And they I were was, winning by three scores. If, I, was, if the, I was doing a song and dance running around the house going, oh, my gosh, I am the greatest picker of all time. And then, and then yeah. of course. Listen, of if, course. There was a mercy, if there was a mercy rule or if it was the Falcons, then you would have been right. You would have been chilling. But, you know, college football is a tale of two halves. And um, Oklahoma State decided to play football in the second half, and they – dominated i mean what a game on both ends for both teams really fun game and you know i think this if, if the if the rose bowl didn't exist this would be a bowl game we'd be talking about for years absolutely and and my number two game of the year also has oklahoma state in it it was oklahoma state losing however in the big 12 championship to baylor uh 21 16 baylor wins the big 12 championship knocks out oklahoma state's playoff hopes uh, Baylor stops them at the one one inch line 
to win the game in the in the closing seconds. I mean, I like defensive battles personally. I know you say you yeah. love the fireworks, and firework games are awesome. But right. as a as a former offensive and defensive lineman, I love these games that are just battles of the trenches. Uh, you got to work for everything, low scoring. But it was it was an amazing game. Uh, stop stopping a team on the one foot line to crush their playoff hopes. I mean, how does it get better than that? No, definitely. I mean, like as a former defensive player as well, I played what uh, outside linebacker, blah blah blah, and you know on the offense, I play wide receiver, so I do like fireworks. But <laughs> the the reason I say this is in college, I like fireworks. College football, I like fireworks. I like it to be high scoring. NFL, I like it to be balanced, close games. You know, doesn't matter if it's high or low scoring, as long as it's a good game. However. This was a very good game. I, I can't deny it from you. Um, it didn't. I, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna spoil. It. I mean, I'm gonna spoil it. It's not in my top five games of the year, but it was a close contender. And you know, really good game. Two very, very closely contested teams. We all know how good Baylor is. We all know good how good Oklahoma State is. Uh, two defensive just stalwarts. You got you got Mike Gundy on one side as a longtime coach, very long time at Oklahoma State. He is Oklahoma State. And then you got Dave Aranda coming in from LSU as their defensive coordinator to coach Baylor to a very good record uh, to a Sugar Bowl win as well. Um, that's very impressive. He deserves a ton of credit. Um, he's done a phenomenal job at Baylor, and this game was no different. They really came into play. They played really good defense. And that, on the one-inch line, to stop that, to stop a team's playoff odds, like playoff hopes, that's insane. So, yeah, I, I have no problem with you picking that in the I think I think it was an amazing game, and we had talked about it a little bit before. We wanted to uh, to kind of go away a little bit from each other because we wanted to right. to to really shine some light on some of the better games. But with that with that Rose Bowl, it was it was just too obvious not to pick it. But moving on, your third best game of the year. What would you say your third favorite game of the year was? My third favorite game of the year was uh, Ole Miss Arkansas. Um, a game that breaking. a game that you know at the end of the day the rankings were a little now nowadays the rankings aren't that great like Ole Miss is still ranked really high Arkansas still I believe still ranked but not so much but if you watch that game you would know what I'm talking about um 52-51 and the game only the Arkansas only lost that game is because they tried a two-point conversion to end the game and it just sailed over, I think, Traylon uh, Burks's head. Um, K.J. Jefferson for Arkansas threw for three touchdowns and ran for three touchdowns. The guy was unbelievable. K.J. Jefferson played any – I guess he threw a pick, so he's not perfect. But that might have been the best game I've seen him play. Like, he genuinely played like a superstar quarterback. Uh, got his guy – Traylon Burks the ball a lot, seven catches for 136 yards and a touchdown. Traylon Burks is going to be disgusting at the NFL level, by the way. I just want to make that very clear. Traylon Burks is going to be a stud. I agree. But, um, I agree. But um, he played an unbelievable game. Defense was not played in this game, so this is probably Danny's <laughs> least favorite game <laughs> of the year. No, I love I, I really love this game. The only thing I wish is that Arkansas would have kicked the extra point when we got it to would have right, got if to we got, more if we got to game. overtime. Oh my god, that would have been yeah, that that was that would have been insane. But um, on the other side, you look at Ole Miss, Matt Corral, the guy that Mr. Gregware, who's on the show today, is a huge fan of. Uh, Matt Corral, ho- hopefully he's good, by the way. He got hurt in the Sugar Bowl, which sucks. I believe they said it was just a, a sprained ankle, so he should okay, be he'll, good. He'll, he'll, he'll be fine in like two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, whatever. But it doesn't affect, them, affect anything draft-wise. Um, Corral played unbelievable. He threw – I mean, very – like he threw two touchdowns and didn't really do much on – through the um, air, but ran for two touchdowns and 94 yards on the ground. And Snoop Connor, one of the coolest names in college football, by the way, Snoop Connor ran for 110 yards and three touchdowns for um, Ole Miss. And man, when I say that, it's just explosive. It's like if you look at um, Ole Miss receivers, um, there was a 68 yard touchdown by Berlin Sanders, 67 yard touchdown by Dontario Drummond. That's just two massive players right there to start. Um, that's Corral's only two passing touchdowns, but they're explosive plays. And as I said, there's literally no defense played in this game. There was a couple of there's um, I think almost had more forced two turnovers, a fumble at Arkansas's hands and a pick. But, you know, that's the only semblance of defense played. And it was an insane game. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And like I mentioned, the only thing you, I mean, you recapped it pretty good. The only thing that I have to mention is that uh, I wish it would have gone to overtime and we could have seen more. Yeah. But going along with uh, my defensive battles, the fun ones, uh, the Iron Bowl, Alabama, Alabama beats Auburn 24-22. Uh, Bryce Young coming out party. It goes into 4 OT. And Bryce Young basically secures his Heisman Trophy in that game, keeping Alabama's playoff hopes alive, uh, gets them to the SEC championship, uh, and really got them to the playoffs because of how much they absolutely dominated Georgia in the SEC championship. I don't know if you have anything else to add on this. I think uh, the last couple we'll just speed through real quick because I have right. a we got a very fun segment coming up that I think is going to be a lot of fun. Right. So, yeah, I didn't really have the, anything much about that game. It was a good game, but, um, you know, not my favorite. Um, my next game is Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Bedlam. We all know how great that game was. But it was just a back-and-forth game that, you know, Oklahoma State really – they started off a little slow. Uh, I mean, then they started off third – second half really slow. It was 20 – I think 24-24 uh, at half. And then they just – it was just a back-and-forth bloodbath and you know how intense that rivalry gets they do not like each other and um i mean caleb williams went a phenomenal game didn't really make any mistakes but oklahoma just couldn't get a stop they just simply could not get a stop and oklahoma state capitalized and won the game in impressive fashion so one of the games that one of the regular season games that we look back on and be like wow that was a good game but um definitely one of the better games of the year i think that was my fourth team fourth game what about you I also have a Oklahoma game, and that was the Red River Showdown, Oklahoma versus Texas, Unreal. 55-48. Um, that was a, I think that was the emergence of Caleb Williams. That, that was the emergence of Caleb Williams, and that makes that, that's a big reason why I have it in there. Uh, Caleb Williams steps in for uh, Spencer Rattler, who was playing rough in that game. Uh, Texas jumped out early on him, but Caleb Williams comes in, closes out the game, wins it for um, – <laughs> wins it for Oklahoma, but it was a very fun game. A lot of fireworks. Uh, me and me and Greg Ware were on the show, and I I said, you know, this is the first time Oklahoma is going to lose. We've been calling them frauds all year long, and uh, of course, Caleb Williams comes in and just balls out and wins it for uh, Oklahoma over Texas. Horns down. Um, <laughs> was not pretty, um, but that was probably one of the best games of the year. I sh- should have had that, but my fifth game, the final game. You know, the big game, Michigan versus Ohio State. Um, You know, obviously I was wrong. I picked Ohio State. I was super high on Ohio State all year, but it was two versus five. Insane game. This is the first time Michigan's beat Ohio State since 2011. And, I mean, Michigan really had a perfect game plan. Pressure the hell out of CJ Stroud. Aiden Hutchinson had his real I'm here game. And Hassan Haskins ran for like five touchdowns. So, yeah, no, I was wrong. CJ Stroud played okay, but you know, not nowhere near enough to beat this um, Michigan team that played their played out of their minds. If they could only do that in the playoff, that would be fun. But uh, no, they they're frauds, and I would pick the, I picked Michigan in the playoff. By the way, I was wrong. <laughs> so um, yeah, so Michigan, I don't know how to feel about you guys, but damn, that was a really good game. Yeah, and you know, it, a little theme that we got going on here is we're we're picking similar teams but different games. I also have Michigan, but I got the Michigan, Michigan state game. Um, I was very big on, on Michigan state going into this one. No, you weren't. uh, Or very big on Michigan going into this one. (laughs) I I stake my claim. I stake my claim on uh, on Michigan state, Uh, but Michigan state best Michigan 37, 33 and Kenneth Walker. I mean, have a, have a day, 197 rushing yards, five touchdowns. We keep talking about that performance all year because that was one of the best performances by far this year. But yeah, he, really, uh, he really just got in his bag, put the team on his back that game. <laughs> it was a very fun game. And, you know, at, at one point, at, because of this game, I kind of jumped off Michigan and I should have stuck with them all year because I ended the right. year as the number two team. You, you hopped but, on the Michigan State bandwagon just for them to get curb stomped by Purdue. So yeah. and, then, and then Ohio State later, my Ohio State Buckeyes at the time. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so, that's yeah. Gonna, that's gonna <laughs> that was, that's gonna nah. bring us to our next. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm gonna ride with them next year too. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. But uh, yeah, no, it was a very fun fun game back and forth. I mean, in state rivalry. But before we move on, I got one honorable mention that I want to mention. 
Um, and that was the Notre Dame USC game. And the reason many people will go, what is he talking about? Uh, it was because I was at that game. It's one, of, it's one of the best rivalries in college football. One of the oldest, one of the most storied rivalries at Notre Dame. My first time getting to go see Notre Dame's campus, go to see their stadium. And uh, Notre Dame kind of killed them 31-16. It was a very fun game to be at. It was a rowdy atmosphere. It was a night game in South Bend. It was just how cold, how cold uh, it was. It wasn't it wasn't too bad. It was probably like low low 40s, upper 30s. I mean, it was chilly. It was chilly. (laughs) That that sounds very un-Californian of you to say. Hey, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm from I'm from Northern California. We get it. I get cold here. It's it's like 40 (laughs) degrees right now. So I'm not too worried. Uh, But uh, no, I just want to throw that out there as an honorable mention, because I I really enjoyed that game a lot. Getting to see my Irish roll USC. And being at it makes it that much better. So very fun game. But I think this is a game that, or this is, this is something that both of us are looking very forward to and really not looking forward to Uh, (laughs) this year. We, we have given out our picks for, for every big game. Um, Sometimes we weren't on the show to do it, but we all know you and I know each other's picks for, for pretty much every game this year. Yeah. So we are going to give our three best takes of the year, the three takes that we are the most proud of, the ones that we go, you know what? Not many people were, were rolling with this, but I picked it and it was a great call. And then to counter that, our three worst takes of the year. So do we start good or do we start bad? I think, I think we go back and forth. We say a good one, then we do a bad one. I will, I will start. I'm going to say probably my best take of the year was I called Baylor beating Oklahoma three weeks early. I said it on the show two weeks early, but I was off the show the week before, but I had been telling you for a long time that Oklahoma was frauds and they are going to get steamrolled at some point. And it comes full circle in the Baylor game. When I said, you know what? Three, for three weeks from now, Baylor is going to roll Oklahoma and I cannot wait to see this game. Uh, 27-14, Baylor wins and covers. It was a great game. Fun time for me. I was throwing a little victory parade. But it was, it was a fun one for me. Now, you got to be rethinking mine because I have one that I did not include. I might have to replace the last one. Um, but my first good take of the year was Michigan State over Michigan. I think that was one of my first shows here. I went against the grain. I believe you and Greg were both picked Michigan. Yep. I said Michigan State's running attack is going to dominate. And their passing attack, I thought Peyton Thorne was better than Cade McNamara, which didn't really show because Peyton Thorne didn't really play that well. But Kenneth Walker really just turned into Superman. He turned into prime Adrian Peterson and um, <laughs> steamrolled this Michigan defense. Uh, so, you know, I'd like to say I started off hot, as I said in the pre-show, in the beginning of the show. I feel like Russell Wilson started off the season hot and then just go ice cold. So I started off the season red hot with one of my best takes of the year. Yeah, so uh, here's the part that I'm really not looking forward to because I know what you're going to say right now. My absolute worst take of the year, uh, this was a bad one. Um, I put my life on number two Iowa over unranked Purdue for Purdue to beat Iowa 24 to seven. Uh, I'm talking to the, the ghost of Danny Scott right now, <laughs> just so you guys know. Um, I think this is my most impressive episode yet because I'm talking to an imaginary person right now. So, um, yeah. Um, may the soul of Danny Scott live on forever for putting his life on the line for Iowa. The Iowa Hawkeyes led by Spencer Petrus and the Iowa Hawkeyes to get absolutely dominated by Purdue. Nice job, Danny. Yeah, it's a, it's a great call. Great call by me. But let's hear your great call, Tyler, because I have a feeling I know what your your worst take of the year is. Oh, my worst take of the year? Oh, um, yeah. Actually, no, I'm going to go with the uh, second worst take first. because No, 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 no. I gave my worst take. You give your worst take. It could, it, Mr. It could Buckeye. be. It could, listen, listen, it could be tied for first worst take. But uh, you want to do Mr. Buckeye? Okay. I want to hear Mr. Buckeye. <laughs> I said about around weeks, I think the first playoff uh, rankings, I said Ohio State was the best team in the nation. And they pretty much held up until they got beat by Michigan. So it was almost good. And then it went to crap. It, um, <laughs> Yeah, their defense did not hold up. 
Their defense played like the 337th best defense in the nation, not the first. Not uh, I never expected them to be the best defense in the nation. What am I talking about? But I thought Ohio State had a chance to hold on. And, you know, I thought they'd be Georgia. I thought they'd be Alabama. Uh, was I wrong? Very much so. Did I see a good bowl game out of them? Yes. Um, or they best, the best team in the nation? Not even close. So, um, yeah, no, that take aged like milk. <laughs> that was that was a fun one for me as we had we had quite a few conversations about yes, Ohio I got, State. I got vehemently bullied in the group chat uh, <laughs> during, during the Ohio State-Michigan game. Oh, man, what a fun, what a fun one. But uh, moving on to what what was a pretty good take is I, I had been saying it, it. I wouldn't say this is like something crazy that everyone um, is going to be wowed at. But I had been saying pretty much all year that I think Georgia is the best team in the nation. And then I was one of the four, the only one of our, our four podcast hosts that decided to pick Georgia in the national championship. I think that was a good call by me. Um, and I was pretty close on the score. I said 28-17, Georgia over Alabama. The final score was 33-18. to So I was pretty close on both ends. Uh, Georgia took it to them. They played defense. And the keys to the game that I said pretty much showed in the call and it was just an all around pretty much everything that I said that Georgia needed to do kind of came into light. And I think that was a great call by me. I kind of looked, I looked really hard into this game and I did a lot of research going in and I think it showed. going to be honest. I think that's your best take of the year, not your second best. I thought that the the fact that the game plan that you predicted aged so well, was an unbelievable take. I gotta give you credit there because I never give you credit. I like to <laughs> make fun of you, but um, I'll give you credit there. That was an unbelievably good take. And yeah, no, um, yeah, Georgia won. Not pretty. But my se- my second best take of the year. Re- re- it kind of involves that game, but it involves an Alabama player by the name of Will Anderson, a guy who I've been raving about all year. If you listeners know, you know. Um. I said earlier in the season when Aiden Hutchinson, like Aiden Hutchinson was starting to get a ton of draft hype. I was like, the best defensive player in college football isn't even draft eligible. His name's Will Anderson Jr. He plays for Alabama, and he's better than Hutchinson. He's better than Kayvon Thibodeau. He's better than all these guys. And you guys gave me a lot of flack for it. You're like, what? Whoa, no. And then when we start talking Heisman talk, I'm like, he deserves to be in the race over Hutch, which is very clearly the truth. Like, everybody in – national media was like why is hutch in the race when will anderson jr exists and has clearly better counting stats of every single metric possible was that right yes will anderson jr was unbelievable let's see what he ended the season with um well you're looking that up i got i gotta give you credit for it that was a good pick yeah well well you say um he's he's the best player and best defensive player i think I, I still am on the Aiden Hutchinson train. I think he's going to be the number one pick in the draft right. this year. He was a great player, but Will Anderson did have better stats this year. Right. And he was a, on a better team this year. And right. he played he played very, very good football all year long. So I give you a it, lot of credit for saying that he, he, was, he's going to be a dog this year. He had 17 and a half total sacks and 31 tackles for loss. That's unheard of. That's genuinely generational. And, um, to do it against really good competition year week in, week out, because you're playing at Alabama, you're playing the best. You you are the best team, or you know, second best team this year. And you're playing the best of the best every week. And to put on those performances against like very good, very good teams. Yeah, no, I think that's a little bit more impressive. I know they both played very good conferences, but Hutch put up his numbers and he really put it on his numbers on the big stage against Ohio State. And well, Anderson Jr. is more consistent year year round. So I'm around with Will Anderson Jr. He, if Bryce Young does not exist, he's the number one overall pick next year. I think he still has a chance to be the number one. He still one does pick. if he really if does. he ball if he balls out next year. I think he's there's a there's a very good chance. However, let's move on to another bad take. Um, and you know, honestly, it wasn't a horrendous call. It's how I said they were going to do it. Um, I said Notre Dame is going to just destroy Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl. I said by three scores, Notre Dame wins by at least 17 points. They're playing for Marcus Freeman. They're playing for their seniors this year. Um, yeah, not a not a great call. It looked good at one point, and I think what made it worse is in our in our text group chat. I was throwing a mini victory parade when they're up 28 to seven, 
And then uh, they go on to lose 37-35. And I will say an amazing game. It was on your top five games. However, um, it just didn't look great for me. Um, yeah, Danny, uh, you were a little too excited about this game, a little too early. You were screaming your head off, uh, laughing at us. And, you know, I think we all picked Notre Dame, so we could, you couldn't really laugh at all of us. But uh, So we're all wrong. But um, I don't – it wasn't the fact that I picked Notre Dame. It was yeah, the fact that we, I picked Notre picked Dame by three, by three scores. scores. <laughs> and they gave up 30 unanswered points. Yeah. So good job, Danny. Way to be. I just want to let you know that your head coach is now 0-1 overall. How does that feel? Oh, Marcus Fraudman. No, I'm kidding. I, I, I do really think he's going to be a good coach. Um, I'm just saying. Well, I'm just, well, I just like to make fun of you. I like to bust your yeah. chest a little bit. <laughs> hey, no, it's but, a, um, it's okay. Yeah. It's, it was, I mean, Notre Dame has a lot to look forward to next year. They can finish sixth in the, in the you know, whatever, and then <laughs> lose in the Fiesta Bowl again. Perfect. Uh, no, real talk. Um, that was a really good game. Bad take. You know, we have, we have our moments. Um, but, you want to do the final good take of the year? Uh, you, you still got a bad take to do. Buddy. Do I have my bad take? Oh, my you God. got two I, more to do. I, sorry, I decided to hop over mine because uh, I don't want anybody <laughs> to hear mine. No, um, my my second and third bad takes are pretty much joint and bad takes. Can I, can I go both at once? Go for they're, it. They're both, they're both related to each other. Go for it. I said Alabama would dominate Georgia in the national championship. I was very wrong. Uh, they got mm-hmm. dominated. Uh, I, I said 34-20. I really yeah, no, it almost went the opposite way, 34-20. But um, my second take is related to that game. I said Stetson Bennett would cost George the national championship. People could argue Stetson Bennett, that final drive before the pick six, won them the national championship. So, yeah, both takes aged really well. I, uh, <laughs> if you're li- freezing cold takes, if you're listening, you know, I'll help you out. I'll give you free fodder, free material. Have fun. Oh, man. But, um, yeah, no, they – they literally couldn't have aged worse for me during the game. So, yeah, I, I don't – those are my two bad takes out of the window. So, you can't you can't rag on me for missing my third take. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll just throw in my, my final bad take of the year. Um, well, we're, well, we're on the subject of bad takes. I was very, very high, and this was also on your top five games of the year. I was very, very high on Ohio State. You kind of led me down the rabbit hole just like I did for you for Notre Dame. <laughs> Uh, I said or, uh, Ohio State is going to dominate, absolutely dominate Michigan. Uh, I think I predicted them by 28 points, and <laughs> they got they got steamrolled, man. They got steamrolled bad. They got run. They got run over. Yeah, literally so, got run over by Hassan Askins. <laughs> yeah, so that that one that one wasn't a great great call by me. Uh, but my final good call of the year. Um, let's end on a high note let's end on a high note exactly this segment i know um this is this is a little under the radar one um going into this game wisconsin was favored by i believe six and a half points uh however i was the only player or only person on planet earth that i think picked notre dame uh a week week four game week three game uh, Notre Dame was undefeated going into it. However, they had some very, very close and scary games. They only beat Florida State on a last-second field goal. They beat Toledo and whoever else they played early on in the season. However, I was saying, you know, my Irish fanhood, I can't pick against them. I, I just – I got to roll with them. Well, Notre Dame ends up dominating Wisconsin 41-13 and – kind of prove to everyone that they belong in some conversations for uh, playoff contention this year. And I think that was really Notre Dame's coming out party. Um, this is a and little then, bit of a bias. However, I got beat by Cincinnati. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. However, however, everyone was on Wisconsin. I had some buddies that were really giving me a lot of crap for picking Notre Dame in this one, uh, including Sam Davis and um, another guy who was on the podcast early in the year, Chris Hennessy. He said, I'm insane for picking Notre Dame going into this one. However, they end up dominating Wisconsin. And I think that was a good call by me. Uh, yeah, definitely a good call, especially with the, the swing of points, like with the being the massive underdogs and the dominating. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, my final good take, honestly, it, it's one. Can I go? I'm going to go to because one's like uh, solely my take. And the second one is like we both agreed on this take and we both. Sure. It was a good take for both of us. The good take um, it's related to the when he said Baylor, o- Oklahoma. My game was also related to Oklahoma. I said Oklahoma State would beat Oklahoma. 
couple weeks out. I was like, this is the game where Oklahoma will lose. If they beat Baylor, if they beat Ohio, Iowa State, they're going to get – they're going to lose to Oklahoma State. I can guarantee that because I thought I was high on Oklahoma State. Ryan knows. Mr. Greg Ware knows. I think you know. I believed in their defense to be the best in the pack uh, in the Big Twelve. I thought their offense was very well balanced. With Spencer and Sanders at the helm, he's a great quarterback. Sanders is very, I saw very that competent. Yeah, yes, yeah. Spencer Sanders. Yeah, you saw it firsthand, definitely. But Spencer Sanders is solid. Jalen Warren's a very good running back, and they got a very good defense. And you know what happened? Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma. Um, so that aged well. So we both don't like Oklahoma and we both, <laughs> we both picked against them and they aged well. So, you know what? We're smart for that. Uh, sorry, Caleb Williams. Our second good take. My, I mean, my final good take, and it's a joint one. It's uh, remember that Wake Forest, North, uh, North Carolina state game. I do. I do. Was, that uh, was... four, I believe 45, 42 Wake Forest. One of, one of the best games of the year that we did not mention such a fun game. You know, every Wake Forest game this year was low key. Must watch TV. Just absolute chaos so much scoring sam hartman a lot of touchdowns they were undefeated until late in the season and until until that north carolina uh unc game which could have made both of our top fives but we should have mentioned that 58 55 we said this game we said that this game would hit the over was like 64 and a half we're not betting men here but (laughs) We said that this game would fly, the over would fly out of the window. Like they would hit the over by 20 points and hit the over by 23 points. So, you know, we predicted fly, fireworks and then it was like 4th of July. A lot of fireworks. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot a lot more a than lot people were expecting. Too. Yes. It, I mean, as I said, Wake Forest must watch TV, a team that will still be very good next year, hopefully. Um, very fun to watch. So, yeah, I'm going to give us both credit for that take because we I, both did pick it. I, I almost had that in my top three. Um, however, I wanted to give some love to Notre Dame. So right, I, I had to throw Notre Dame. With Just a little biased. Yeah, no, I respect, Just a little I respect it. I respect the hustle. All right. Well, the final segment of this season's College Gridiron. Uh, season's done. So, Everything's so under wraps. So it's, bittersweet. It's, it's bittersweet. But this will give everyone a little something to look forward to for next year. Let's give our way too early top ten. Going into next season, the teams that we think at this current moment in time, before everything gets switched up, before uh, coaches start transferring around, before players start transferring around, our top 10, the 10 teams that we think have the best chance to win the national championship next year. Uh, I think there's a consensus number one, and I think that consensus number one is Alabama. Yes, Alabama is returning the two best players in college football in Bryce Young and Will Anderson Jr. There's no reason why they shouldn't be number one. Uh, and they have the best coach in college. And they have the best coach in college football who is coming into next season pissed. When, when Saban loses a natty or when Saban gets embarrassed um, pre-natty, as we saw in 2019 with the Joe Burrow LSU team that didn't make – and Alabama didn't make the playoff, they came in next year and put their stake in for one of the best teams of all time. They steamrolled everybody and steamrolled Ohio State by 28 points in the natty. Next year is going to be more of the same. They're going to come in. They're, they're going to take it personal. And, yeah, Saban's going to lead that team to the national I, championship. I think uh, Alabama is the odds-on favorite to win next year. I would be shocked if they didn't go 13-0 and and kind of steamroll it. Yeah. Uh, do we want to go number two? Number two? I, I, th- I think our number twos might defer. Okay. So go ahead. What's your number two? Um, I think it's hard to not have the national champion at number two. I mean, granted, they are losing a lot of players. However – uh, they just won the national championship, um, so I got Georgia at number two. I think the fact that Georgia's losing a lot of players, and yeah, I just think I don't know if there's gonna be a championship hangover because I don't know if that exists in college football. But you know, I'm gonna bump them down one spot. Um, I'm spoiling my number three. That's Georgia. My number <laughs> two is Ohio State. Um, okay. I think Ohio State returning a lot of talent. CJ Stroud gonna get another year of experience. Um, and then a bunch of talent in the offense, obviously. If their defense can, you know, be better than what was this year, you're going to see a disgustingly good team. So they're my number. Um, going on with Ohio State, I have Ohio State at number three. Um, we just flip-flop our two and three. Right. I think Ohio exactly. State is going to be disgusting as well next year. Uh, and honestly, they, they may be better and in, in a better spot to be good next year than Georgia. I just don't know how you don't have the national championship, right, national definitely. champions in your top two. It's just, right. it's, it's just whatever. 
Depends um, how many. It all depends how many players Georgia returns, and if they can recruit yep. well, then I do. I could put them at two. And but right now I've always Ohio State at two, just because how much young talent they have. And I I don't hate that pick, and I'm sure you don't hate my Georgia at two. I think they're they're interchangeable yeah. right it's now. Definitely definitely respect the national defending national championship pick. It's no, there's nothing wrong with that. But number four, four. This, this is this is tough because I feel like right now college football is a three team race. I I year. agree. I think after this we're just kind of guessing. It's um, a crapshoot. It's a full crapshoot. Uh, four is going to be wild. My number four, and this may surprise a lot of people, um, but they're returning a ton of players this year. Uh, they still got probably a top three coach in college football right now. I got the Clemson Tigers at number four. Fully agreed there. Clemson Tigers. Um, I'm too, wow. I, 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 I I will not say, I will not say go Tigers because I don't like Dabba Swinney, but um, what do you call it? They, uh, they had a very rough season this year, but they ended the season hot. I think on like a what eight game winning streak, something like that. Something like that. They won their bowl game. The um, they took care of business. Um, and it's weird. They're a weird team, but they recruit super well. They're deep. Um, they they're probably gonna return a lot of talent. And uh, they're returning their starting either, quarterback, yeah. who, who had who, who did struggle I'm gonna, this I'm year. Gonna, but another yeah, year would, of maturity under his belt. I'm I gonna think. get into that. Yeah, D, DJ I think has a bounce back year. He just had a really rough year this year. Rough start, lost a little confidence. Either he, if if he has a bounce back year, they got to be in there, my top four. But if he doesn't, you know. But I'm banking on him having a D, a good year. Yep. Just because I do believe in DJ's ta- natural talent. So yes. Um, number four, Clemson Tigers. Number five, my Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Yeah, no surprise uh, there. I I debated. I think these next. I think number four, Clemson, is is kind of like the last team that I think really has a chance at the at the national championship next year. Uh, my five through ten, um, you could really to me, you could really put them in any order. I just I like Notre Dame what they did this year. Um, you know, Jack Cohn is gone, but they're bringing in Tyler Buckner, who adds a completely different dynamic to that offense. Yes, they're losing Kyron Williams and Kyle Hamilton. However, uh, Kyle Hamilton didn't play like the last seven games of the year this year, and their running back is stacked right now. They got Debo Flemister, who is a uh, rook or is a rookie, a freshman this year. Um, they're going to be good next year, and I think uh, getting some some experience this year, especially in a big game like Marcus Freeman got. They're returning a lot of coordinators, a lot of assistant coaches, and they got a top five recruiting class. I think the Irish are a scary team going into next season. No bias at all. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Notre Dame definitely is one of the better teams in the nation next year. But um, if you have a running back named Debo, you're going to be disgusting. Uh, <laughs> Debo is one of the coolest football names ever. Danny knows best. Debo Samuel. Oh, yes, sir. You can, 49, see that, you can see the Niner flag right there. One, one of my favorite players in the NFL. One of the most exciting – probably I, I think the most exciting player to watch on a down-to-down basis. Um, but this, this is neither here nor there. My number five is the team that beat Notre Dame this year in the um, in the Fiesta Bowl. It is Oklahoma State. I think returning Spencer Sanders, which I believe he's going to come back to college. He's a junior. He's going to come back for his senior year, I think. Um, I think they lose Jalen Warren, but running backs, I, I know it sucks, but running backs are replaceable. And their they're defenses, a dime a dozen nowadays. Exactly. They're a dime a dozen unless you have a generational talent. And even then, you know, still replaceable. Um, their defense is still going to be good. I, I know it's hard to bet on Oklahoma State because they always let me down. They always let people down. But um, Mike Gundy, I think he's a good coach. I think that team is really just well-balanced and built. I don't think they're like a national title contender, but I think they're the fifth, fifth best team in the nation coming to next year as of now. As the offseason goes on, we're going to learn more. We're going to figure out more. But right now I'm going to roll with the, uh, the Pokes. Well, yeah. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Uh, number six, um, I got the Aggies, Texas A&M at number six. I think uh, I think Jimbo Fisher had a uh, had a decent year beating Alabama. They got a lot of momentum rolling in the next year. I got the Aggies at six. Listen, Aggies could be in my top six if we figure out the quarterback situation. I'm pretty sure Zach Gozad is transferring. Don't know where he's going. Um, Maybe they bring in Caleb Williams. Wow. Okay, now you got me thinking. Okay, uh, 
the Kyle Williams stuff is still undecided. He's still very undecided. But if he if he ends up at Texas A and M, they're my they're in my top four. I'm, they're they're a hop they're hopping Clemson. Um, that is a lot to think about right there. My number <laughs> six is your Notre Dame Fighting Irish. All right. Um, all the reasons you gave right there. I think Marcus Freeman leads them to like an eleven and two record type of thing. Really good team. Um, I believe Marcus Freeman. I think he's gonna be a good coach. I like what he brings. Um, yeah, nothing more than what you said, pretty much, because you're the Notre Dame fan and you know best. But I'm gonna roll with Notre Dame at six. And I think we agree on on this next one. I think we both have the Utes of Utah Utes. at number seven. Um, they they ended the season on a very very high high note. Um, although they lost in the Rose Bowl, they they right. dominated nothing, Oregon no, twice. Nothing nothing to be ashamed about. Competed with Ohio State, bringing back Cam Rising. I think they're a very scary team. Yes, they're losing Devin Lloyd to the NFL. However, they still uh, have Nafisu. Uh, I believe Nafisu or Noah Sewell. No, Nafisu. He's Nafisu. Um, yep. the third brother. Yeah, yeah. Yep, they're they're gonna be yeah. a scary team next year. You give another year with that offense and and those players. I think, I think they have the a very strong potential. I think they've got to be the favorite in the Pac-12 right now. Um, right. There's another team that I think we both have in our top ten that we'll mention in a second. However, right. I think Utah is scary. Utah is also my seven. Um, if they figured out their quarterback situation at the start of this year, they would be. I'll, I'll get to that because they had Charlie Brewer starting. Charlie Brewer wasn't that good. Uh, Cam Rising took over. Charlie Brewer transferred out. Cam Rising was starting quarterback since day one. That's the team competing for the playoff. Like, they are. They were. We saw how good they were. They killed Oregon twice. I think I picked Oregon the first time, and then the second time I I learned my lesson. I was like, I'm picking Utah in the Pac-12 championship. And, I mean, I was right because Utah is unbelievable. They're so well coached. Their defense is so good. They're they're really good in the trenches. They got a, sick, a phenomenal run game, and a phenomenal offensive line, a defensive line. The, what's not to really what's not to love about the Utah Utes? I really do like that program. That's a sleeper team that could make a playoff run. That's my that, that's my Cincinnati this year. I I could be wrong on this, but I believe I picked Utah over Oregon the first time. I think I had to because I needed uh needed them to win so Notre Dame could get into the playoffs. So that could have been that could have been have, another. Yeah. Another, another good take. Uh, addition to my good takes. We, we can um, revisit that later. We can revisit that later. But man, we're we're, we're both high on the Utah Utes. Come on, I agree. We 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 love them. Both I agree. Love their players. Uh, let's speed through these last couple because we are pushing eight. an hour. Number eight, I got Wake Forest. <laughs> it's our final. It's our final episode. It's okay. <laughs> I got I got Wake Forest at number eight. Uh, bringing back Sam Hartman. Uh, we talked about them a little bit earlier in the show. The firework offense. I think. They're gonna be they're gonna be scary next year. They got a lot of a lot of high power offense on that team. It all depends how many receivers they return and if their defense can learn anything. But man, I do like that Wake Forest pick. Uh, I don't spoiler. I don't have them in my top ten, but they're on my edge. They're very close. Um, yeah, no, Wake Forest is fun. My number eight, Oregon. They're getting Bo Nix in the transfer portal. Um, who knows if he starts? I think they have a couple of – I think he does. I think he's odds-on favorite. But they have a couple of guys behind them that are, like, very high – like, high recruits, four-star. I don't know if there's any five-stars, but, you know, you get the gist. They're a very good team. They're obviously losing Kayvon Thibodeau. They're losing Travis Dye. They're running back to the transfer portal. I don't know if C.J. Everdell has any eligibility left. But Oregon finds talented running backs, like, out – like, they find – Diamond in the rough. It goes back to Michael James, Ken, Kenjin Barner, uh, DeAnthony Thomas, literally anybody. But that was a Chip Kelly offense. This is a team with a new head coach. I believe the Georgia defensive coordinator is their new head coach, Dan Lanning. Dan and Lanning. Yep. We've said it. We've said it a couple times. You don't have to know Dan Lanning, but if you saw Georgia play this year, you know that's a good hire. That is a good hire, no doubt about it. Good personnel fit. Um, and you really, I do think that. Oregon will be good. I don't think they'll be better than Utah because, you know, that Utah team is unbelievable. But I do think that they will be my eighth team. And, you know, I'm excited to see what they do next year. I, I got Oregon at number nine. So I don't really got much to add. <laughs> you you kind of said everything well. Um, yeah. But the Ducks at number nine for me. My number nine right now is tentative. Uh, actually, I'm going to change it because, you know, my nine was – I'm going to change that to ten. My nine is on Texas A&M. I had somebody else at uh, nine that were 
talk about in a second, actually. It's really fun. But uh, Texas A&M is by nine. All depends on the quarterback situation. But even through that, I do believe in Jimbo Fisher. I do believe that team can make some noise. Uh, they're a good team. Could be a great team. And we saw what they did. They beat Alabama this year. And obviously, I'm not expecting them to beat Alabama every year. But they're a good team. They showed it. And I think improvements are inbound. Uh. Number 10, I was back and forth on what big, uh, big 12 team I wanted to put in. Um, it was between Baylor, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. Um, I just decided to go with the team that won the big 12 championship. So I went with Baylor. Um, I got them at number 10. And then I'd probably go Oklahoma State uh, at 11 if we were given an 11th. However, I think Baylor won last year. They're bringing back uh, their quarterback, uh, good head coach i i just it's hard to not have the big best big 12 team in my top 10 that's totally fair baylor edged my top they could be in my top 10 actually i i have like multiple candidates for the 10th spot i originally had oklahoma nine so that's why i want to talk about my 10th spot i'm in between oklahoma lsu sorry sorry danny i'm very sorry actually no shot with lsu the, uh, with the brian kelly situation lsu i had Baylor on my edge, but um, yeah, if they keep Caleb Williams, Oklahoma, if not Baylor. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick to them keeping Caleb Williams just because I don't know why. Cause I think, uh, what do you call it? Brent Venables is, a, I think he's due to be like, he, he's obviously due to be head coach. He was a great defense coordinator at um, Clemson. I think it's his time. And I think he's going to do a really good job with that team. But right now I have Oklahoma at 10. That could very much change depending where Caleb Williams goes. So this this 10 spot is very tentative, but there's a reason it's a way too early top 10. <laughs> exactly. Well, with all that being said, thank you so much for listening, everyone. We had an amazing season, a lot of fun conversations, and we cannot wait to be back next year. That week one, uh, maybe we'll do a, a couple episodes throughout couple the preseason summer. Episodes. A couple yep. preseason episodes, maybe a draft special. I don't know. We'll get into Ooh. it. But I think that is going to do it today. Um, thank you to our producer, Will Talent. Uh, for Tyler Who, I am Danny Scott. And this was College Gridiron. Have a good one, everyone.